I've got two directions I feel like I could go. One is a little more lighthearted and one gets a little bit deeper and is a little more controversial. Which would y'all rather talk about? I'm serious. I'm not playing. Really? Controversial? What'd you, wait, what'd you say, Deborah? Deeper. Ha. Ah. All right. Y'all asked for it. Now y'all can't blame me. Both. <laughs> if, hey, if it's raining, we could be here a while. <laughs> Doug. I'm going to put Doug in a headlock. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've, been, we've had some really, and I, before I even get into this, we've had some really good discussions on Wednesday nights. We went from, what did we talk about, profanity one night, and then what was the other one? We had another contra- controversial topic. Really good stuff we talk about on Wednesday nights, so I encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. But I'm going to bring this one. I, this one keeps, keeps kind of coming up for me. Um, and I want to make sure you're clear. We can't. There's no way that we can go into it all the way, all the way. But I want to kind of squash some of the misconceptions. We did that last week about communion, and a lot of things. And if, if you guys know me, probably the two things I'm most passionate about is one is the gospel of Jesus Christ being the overarching theme of everything that we do. His love, his character, uh, him as source, him as father, us as sons and daughters, and and Christ being the center of everything is the one thing. The other thing is. I'm just very, very against division in the church, the Big C Church. Uh, for years, I've been frustrated with denominational separations and, and people making things uh, polarizing or paramount that aren't paramount or polarizing. And that's one of the things I want to talk about that shouldn't be as, as, as paramount as people have made them and as divisive as pe- people have made them. Um, and so since y'all took, y'all took the hard route, we're going to go the hard route. We're going to talk about one of the gifts, and that gift is speaking in tongues. Y'all ready? Here we go. To me, this is simple. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I think Paul makes it really clear when he's speaking to the Corinthians. I think it should not be a subject that we really even have to talk about on a Sunday, but because of uh, the styles and different places that we've come from, me even specifically, I came from a denomination that was just really passionate about that specific thing amongst other things um, and really was misled a lot in the beginning. Um, and so I just want to kind of clarify, I mean, for what it's worth, my experience and kind of where I stand. And if we have time, I hope we have time to do a little bit of Q&A so that we can kind of work through it. Um, because I don't want anybody at the end of this, I don't want anyone to feel like they've been put out or put off by it. Does that make sense? Because I don't think that's what the gospel is about. The gospel is not about division. It's about reconciliation. He's, he's given us the spirit and the, the gift of reconciliation over everything and of love. So as we get into this, we're gonna, it may get a little, a little hairy in here, a little sketchy, um, but just bear with me. I like, I, I read several diff- different versions, uh, King James, New King James, NIV, Message. I like the way the Message translates. It's, it is a little wordy, but the Greek language is a little bit wordy, to be honest. And Eugene Peterson, although I don't agree with him on everything, he did a really good job um, translating from the original Greek, I think, in a lot of these, these ways. And so this specific one, I really like the way he said it, and it makes it a lot clearer. And before we even get into it, the, the main focus on almost everything I talk about in here is why. Why do we do the things that we do? Everything that we do in this church, I always question why we do them. I don't want to do even, we talked about communion, we had communion last week, well, why do we do communion? I don't want to just do it as a ritual, I want to know why we do it. Why do we do the things we do? And to me, this is all going to come back to the why. Why do we do the things that we do? And so this is going to focus specifically on on uh, 
tongues in the church, and then we'll, back, we'll, we'll kind of back up and get a, a greater perspective of, of why. So 1 Corinthians uh, 14 and 1, and I'll be reading for the message. You can kind of follow along if you have a different version. Uh, verse 1 says, go after a life of love. And we could stop there. <laughs> I mean, we could stop there and go home. We could stop there. This is, this is Paul starting this discussion with them and letting them know what is paramount, okay? So we can be clear on that. Go after a life of love as, you're, as if your life depended on it, because it does. <laughs> Give yourself to the gifts God gives you. Most of all, try to proclaim his truth. If you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you're sharing intimacies just between you and him. But when you proclaim his truth in everyday speech, you're letting others in on the truth so that they can grow and be strong and experience his presence with you. And we'll stop there. <clears throat> My, my specific experience is going to be different probably than everybody else's, but I'm familiar with it. And so, uh, what is that funny noise? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bring it up here. I'll put it on the mic. Probably speak better than me. <laughs> uh, it's invalid. All right, so we... Uh, <laughs> My experience, I, I got saved when I was 20, went to a, a very charismatic, I'm not just a mainstream denomination, very charismatic church, um, and I witnessed a lot of things that I thought that I needed and that I wanted, and I tried real hard to get those things, and I'm talking for years. Like, I, I was at the altar, I was confessing sins I didn't even know if I committed, like I was doing lots of stuff to try to gain something more from God, um, not knowing that he was already there the whole time, but but with, with good intentions, I really wanted specifically to speak in tongues because that's what I saw other people do. Um, and I thought that I needed it, and I thought, I thought that that's what God had for me, and I just really, really wanted it. And so I strived and strived and strived, and it never happened for years and years and years. And I, I could get into lots of other stories of what goes on and how God taught me in a lot of different ways. But this, like I said, I can't talk about everything in this one thing, so I'm going to stick to one specific thing, so bear with me. Um, my wife came from a completely if you could call styles opposites, a polar opposite style of, of church, a uh, much more methodical, ritualistic style that was completely different than I was used to. Um, and probably, I don't know, a year or two um, before I ever received that gift of speaking in tongues, my modest, calm wife did. And it blew me away, and I was like, I don't understand why she should get that, and I shouldn't. And I was struggling with this whole thing. Well, a few years later, um, all of my expectations of what that would be and what that would feel like and look like were squashed when I was just in, in, a, in a calm youth service. I was a youth pastor at the time, and we were just singing and worshiping. And I began to speak in tongues, and it was just, just like me talking in here, and it was peace, it was calm. I wasn't stirred up. I wasn't crying. I wasn't on my face. I wasn't striving. It was just as simple as that. Um, and I believe the Lord was showing me something in that specific instance, and it was partially that I was not mature enough when I was seeking it a long time ago um, because I was seeking it probably for the wrong reasons, and I probably would have been a little puffed up and boastful about it because a lot of the people that I was around at that time were. Now, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is this was one of the reasons we had a church split several years ago. And like I said, we're going to get deep quick. Um, there, there were a group of people that were very passionate about gifts of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and styles of worship, and they had made that very paramount. Now, I'm not trying to paint them in a bad picture or anything. I'm just telling you the, the way that I saw it from my perspective. 
Now, some of them even came to me at the time I was a youth pastor and told me they were going to leave. They were going to leave and, sorry. These are people, this is like family, you know. We all go to this church, we're all together, and they said, we're going to leave. And we know that you get it. In other words, we know that you speak in tongues and, and you have, you, you, we know that you're like us is essentially what they were saying. And it broke my heart. Because they were using something that was supposed to be good for something that was bad. And it was divisive. That's not what it's about. And so part of why I want to tackle this on the front side, I don't want that ever to be anything that's divisive in this church. Because Christ is always going to be at the center of this church. And love is always going to be the forefront. And I don't want, the good thing is I know everybody in here. Well, I pretty much know everybody in here. I'm getting to know people more and more. Um, but the people that I do know are not, are not that way at all. And I, and I don't want them to feel bad for, for worshiping in a certain style in the same way I don't want other people to feel bad worshiping in a certain style because it doesn't matter. Flat out, it doesn't matter. You worship the way the Holy Spirit leads you to worship. And no one in here is going to make you feel awkward about it. It's certainly not me. If you want to sit down, you sit down. If you want to do cartwheels, do cartwheels. I'm always careful when I say that because nobody's done it yet. I can't think of anything else. You want to skip around the church? Skip around the church. The reason I say that is because before we, we got a long way to go here. Before we even get into it, all of these things are outward expressions of something that's happened inside. And I don't want anybody to feel like they're less than because they don't carry some any of these gifts because that's not true. You have Christ, you have it all. What is more than Christ? (laughs) Nothing. There's nothing more that you can gain if you have it. And like I said, we could say that and and walk away. But we're not because Paul didn't. (laughs) Verse 4. The one who prays using a private prayer language certainly gets a lot out of it. Now I'm going to stop there. This is something else that, that is hard to understand sometimes because I do feel like I, I have benefited from speaking in tongues. But at the same time, I don't feel like I was lacking when I didn't. Does that make sense? Probably not. Um, one of the questions uh, I've been asked is, do you... If, if someone doesn't speak in tongues, do you feel, do you feel like, uh, asking me personally, do you feel like they're lacking? And I was like, well, by definition, if you don't have something, then you're lacking that thing. So, yes, but are they lacking Holy Spirit? No, they're not. We've, we've made a lot of things separate and, like, mutually exclusive, and they're not. These things run together. <laughs> it's not, and like I said, we're just, we're, we're, for time's sake, we can only talk about so many things one Sunday, so please don't leave and never come back because we talked about tongues on this Sunday. I'm trying to be careful here. But I can say that I benefited from it, and the way I can explain it to people that, that haven't uh, experienced it, and I had a friend that I work with ask me about it. And I said, well, I said, the only way I can describe it is the way I talk to Tracy is different than the way that I talk to anyone else. Tracy's my wife. We have a language that's different than anybody else's. I, I don't go around saying, hey, baby. To everybody, you know what I mean? Hey, you look good in them jeans. You know, I don't say that to everybody. But there's, 
too far. All right. But there's, okay, I'm trying to think of some other way. There's, there's certain little things that she knows what I'm talking about that you may not know what I'm talking about. I'll make some little comment, and she knows what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Same way with me. She can give me a look, and I know what she means. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking back if that look she gave me in the nursery was a look. I hope she's not overwhelmed in there. All right. But, <laughs> but does that make sense? There's a... There's a there's an intimate language that Trace and I have that I don't have with anybody else and she doesn't have with anybody else. It's as simple as that. To me, when I pray, and I don't do it all the time, sometimes when I pray, I speak in tongues, and, and it, to me, it's just it's beneficial to me, but it's not beneficial to everybody else all the time. But here's the key. It can be, and Paul's going to get into that. The one who prays using private prayer language certainly gets a lot of it, but proclaiming God's truth to the church in its common language brings the whole church into growth and strength. I want all of you to, to develop intimacies with God in prayer, but please don't stop with that. Please don't stop with that. This is where we can get off as we, we, we gather around this one thing that either feels good or looks good or, or sounds good, and we try, to, we try to build our church on that, and that's not building our church on the rock, which is Christ. Please don't stop with that. Go on and proclaim His clear truth to others. This is the why. It's more important that everyone have access to the knowledge of God, to the knowledge and love of God in language everyone understands than that if you go off and cultivate God's presence in a mysterious prayer language, unless, of course, there is someone who can interpret what you're saying for the benefit of all. Think. (laughs) Think, friends. If I come to you and all I do is pray privately to, to God in a way that only He can understand, what are you going to get out of that? If I don't address you plainly with some insight or truth or proclamation of teaching, what help am I to you? And he goes on to talk about musical instruments. They play certain notes. How, if, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Verse 9. So if you speak in a way no one can understand, what's the point of opening your mouth? There are many languages in the world, and they all mean something to someone. But if I don't understand the language, it's not going to do me much good. It's no different with you. Since you're so eager to participate in what God is doing, why don't you concentrate on doing what helps everyone in the church? This goes back to the why. So when you pray in your private la- prayer language, don't hoard the experience for yourself. Pray for the insight and ability to bring others into that intimacy. Stop there. When you pray in your private prayer language, don't hoard the experience for yourself. Pray for the insight and ability to bring others into that intimacy. Now something you guys, have, if you've been here for a little while, you've witnessed me do almost every Sunday. I don't really know what to call it, and I didn't know that it was kind of defined in that way. Excuse me, in that way. But every Sunday when I when I worship, I, I close my eyes to just because I have ADD. <laughs> I close my eyes so I'm not distracted, and I try to focus on God and what He has to say to you guys, because that's my position is to speak to you guys and try to speak truth from the Holy Spirit. And so I genuinely, half the time, I'm just I'm telling myself to shut up, <laughs> shut up and listen, shut up and listen, shut up and listen. And I'm not always, but sometimes that's all I say. Just listen. And it never fails. The Holy Spirit will give me something to say, and, and you guys will confirm that a lot of times later on or after church or text. Say, hey, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And it's not me trying to express that. It's the Holy Spirit just speaking what he has to say. This is, this is what he's talking about here. If you're doing it just so that you can boast to other people or claim that you're better than other people, then don't do it at all. Don't, don't even bother with it. You're, you're like a resounding gong. But if you're doing it so that you can edify the church, then that's okay and it is beneficial. It's okay. 
I don't, want to, I don't want to put it away as though it's not a good thing. It is a good thing. I can attest to it. It is a good thing. But I don't want, I don't want it to be a divisive. I never want it to be a divisive thing, and I never want it to be a, a thing that is, is held over people as though people that don't speak in tongues are less than because they're not. It makes me angry to even think about people doing that. In the same way, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to seek some gift, any gift, even, even not speaking tongues, any gift, to gain some kind of merit or favor with God or to, to boast in it, then it's selfish ambition. And it's not, it's not Christ-centered at all. And we've talked about that before. If you, and, and he goes on to talk about this later if I can ever get to it. Even if you, if you give everything you have to the poor and serve the Lord and, and don't have love, and I'm skipping to the end here, it, it can go either way. If you make anything else your idol other than Christ, it's, you're going the wrong way. You're stepping into heresy. Let's see. If I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind lies foul or inactive. And all, that intelli- and all that intelligence is wasted. So what's the solution? The answer is simple enough. Do both. <laughs> it's simple enough. Do both. I should be spiritually free to express as I pray, but I should also be thoughtful and mindful as I pray. I should sing with my spirit and sing with my mind. If you give a blessing using your private prayer language, which no one else understands, how can some outsider who has just shown up and has no idea what's going on know <laughs> no one to say amen? <laughs> how are they going to know when to say amen? They'll be like, he just keeps going on and on. I don't even know what he's saying. Amen? Your, ble- your blessing might be beautiful, but you have... V- oh, this is tough. Your blessing might be beautiful, but you have a very effectively cut that person out of it. Think about that. You have cut that person out of it if, if, you, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues that he gives us for, for praising him, which leads to wonderful intimacies we enjoy with him. I enter, I enter into this as much or more than any of you. When I'm in a church assembled for worship, I'd rather say five words that everyone can understand and learn from than, than say 10,000 that sound to others like gibberish. I've heard too many people on both sides fight over these scriptures. Paul says it's gibberish. You don't need to do it. Paul says it's important. You should do it. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I don't care. Here's why. We'll skip, we'll skip to the end and maybe we'll get back, back to something. Here's why. Before Paul ever wrote that, he wrote 1, 1 Corinthians 13.1. And this, for, for just me, because I cut my teeth on NIV, I, I went back to NIV on this, and I, that's how I really remember it. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a, a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but... Do not have love. I gain nothing. Stop. It's all about love. And this isn't just affectionate love or I love pizza or I love my car. This is agape love. This is a love that you can only gain from the Father. This is, this is a love that seeks others over yourself. We've talked about this so many times. This is, this is real love that says I put other people over myself. This is the type of love that, that God the Father saw you in the midst of your sin and said I love you anyway. No matter, you can't, you can't gain or merit my love, but I love you anyway. 
There's nothing you can do for me, but I have everything that I can do for you. That's the love you should have. When we relate to other people, that's what should come out of us. And it should be so clear (laughs) that it should attract people to Christ. It should be that vivid that people go, I don't know what you have, but I want it. And I've told y'all before, I've met, I met many people growing up that went to church and their facial expressions and some of the things that they said to me never prompted me to say, I want what you have. Because they were mean. I mean, they were jerks. Some of them were super religious. Some of them were probably sacrificed their lives and gave everything they had but had, did not have love. Some of them spoke in tongues and, and could, could prophesy but didn't have love. And they'd probably cuss you out in a minute. So I want to be clear that <laughs> there's no benchmark here of, of the style and the way in which we do things. Anything we do in here, I want you guys to be free to hear from the Holy Spirit on your own. That's the most important thing. Because if the Holy Spirit's leading you in this direction, the word will not contradict it, will not go against it, and you, there will be a peace that goes with it. Religion has told us it's got to be uncomfortable for some reason. You're going to move to Africa because you don't want to move to Africa. (laughs) The Lord can minister to you at the restaurant when you leave or at home if you are that organized. (laughs) Or at home to your kids. Hello. The the Lord can lead you in places that are so happy. (laughs) I've ministered to people on jet skis in the middle of the Gulf. I mean, there's, there's... there's no, there's no boundaries in which God can move. And that's what he's taught me, especially in seeking gifts. And I mean, I can tell you stories of, you know, I just wanted to fall out. I wanted to be slain in the spirit. And I went to the altar every Sunday for probably five years and then went to what I thought was a dead church to some youth conference. And nobody's doing anything super spiritual. And some biker comes up and prays for me. And I'm flat on my back and laughing and crying. Tracy's embarrassed. <laughs> as embarrassed as she could ever be. I don't know. I was, I was out of it for a while. I'm surprised. She, I'm serious, genuinely surprised she stayed with me. We were dating. I'm surprised she stayed with me. It, it shocked me. I'm sure it shocked her. I was, I, was, I was messed up. But God showed me something at that moment. I don't tell him where he can move. I was at the altar every... Ooh, I was at the altar every Sunday thinking that I had to, had to do more, had to do more, had to do more. How, why am I not good enough? All these other people are falling down and speaking in tongues and doing all this crazy stuff. Why am I not good enough? And it was never about that. It was never about that. And I feel like in, that, in, in the back of that, what I thought was dead church in my, in my immature state, um, he just gave me a taste of how good he really was and how little I... How little how little I played a part in that equation. I was literally just there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was as, I was as not trying to seek anything as you could possibly be. And he said, you know what? That's where I need you to be. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, 
It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Listen, love never fails. Love's not some passive thing that we, we're wishy-washy with. Love is powerful. When you begin to discover how much God loves you, I mean, seriously, when you begin to, to understand how much God loves you, it will, it will change the way you see everything. And when you meet people, God's heart is for people. I mean, it's flat out for people. And the problem I've seen, especially in a lot of, of religious folks, is that they hate people. They get up here and they'll, and they'll read the Bible and then, they, and then they preach against everything and against everybody. And God's heart is to save every single one of them. So much so that he already paid the price for them. They just have to accept it. So any, hopefully, if, if nothing else, <laughs> you know my perspective on gifts and specifically speaking in tongues that there will never be any kind of pressure to to do that or not do that here. And there will never be anything that you need to feel intimidated about as far as, as having what God has for you because if you have Christ, you have everything. Everything is in Christ. And if you have him, you have everything. Now, if, you, if he gives you a gift, take it. It's fine. Take it. You, here's the thing. Know why you're getting it so that you can benefit others. It's not just for you. You get to benefit too. It splashes back on you. <laughs> When you bless others, it splashes back on you. It happens. It's a very natural, a natural byproduct of the Spirit as it comes back on you. I have more that I want to say, but I wanted to have enough time for kind of a Q&A because I know there may be some questions that, that may come up, and I can't promise you that I can answer them all, but we'll do our best. Um, do you have a mic? We, we use a mic just because the, the podcast, we don't want Andrew to have to spend hours trying to jack the volume up so we can try to hear everybody. And we so, can't mute also. And we can mute it. <laughs> we can mute it. <laughs> we will never mute. No, I'm not saying that. We might mute you. I don't know Wait, what you're going to say. Yeah, so if anybody has or anything to add or, or testimony or anything like that, but just try to keep it brief for the sake of other people. So, yeah. <laughs> Should I hold on to it so I can snatch it away? No, you're good. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, read one of my favorite passages right quick, and, and it's from Mark um, 18. I think it's 18. I'm sorry, maybe 16. Um, verse um, 12, 15. I don't have my glass, so it's going to be a little hard for me to read this. Somewhere in Mark. Okay, so he... he, he oh. oh, much better. Okay, and uh, this is Jesus uh, appeared to the 11 as they were eating, um, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Put the emphasis on who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in tongues. Come on. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. And they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Praise God. These are for believers now. Anybody that believes, 
And the Lord Jesus had spoken to them. He was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. Now, that's important. The Lord worked with them. He was with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Praise God. So the good news is here is that anything as believers, Jesus will always be with us and work with us. And strange things and supernatural things <laughs> can and will happen. Yeah. And that and is we the, let the Holy Spirit lead the way. And, the, and you, you said right, that is the good news is that Christ is with us. And I'm sure that list isn't exhaustive. I'm not picking up snakes today. I left the snakes at home. <laughs> you, you have the snakes? I left them at home. Okay. Sorry. So, and, and I agree, the, the good news is that Christ is with us. And when the Holy Spirit leads, some of the things may look strange. And that's why I, I do believe that, that when he's saying that, listen, there are going to be some things that are, that are beyond the two things that I talked about, your knowledge and your experience. There's going to be some things that are going to be supernaturally led and they may look a little different than what the natural world is used to. And it's because you're, you were born of something, someone who is supernatural. And so there will be, I mean, we've talked about it before. The greatest miracle is that we get to inherit eternal life. Now, we've seen people raised from the dead. We've seen people healed. But the greatest miracle is that you can be born again and you can be in the family of God. Listen, this life, this life on earth is temporary. Eternal life is more important than any of that. And he made a way so that, we could be, so that we could beat death and have eternal life, and there's no greater miracle. So the greatest news there is that Christ is with us. Yeah. Who else? I thought I had somebody. Anybody else? I just want to add, we really did see a guy raised from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his, his family's in the sound booth. Oh, there's there. Dawn. Yeah, there's Dawn. Hey, hey Dawn. Um, so things happen. Yes. Um, all right. This is my first. <clears throat> this is my first time here. Well, welcome. <laughs> I know now why the Lord asked me to come. I'm visiting here in Hunts and Mobile. Um, I was born and raised in this community. Um, this morning I got on the podcast and I heard an awesome message, and the Lord said, "Come." Um, Twenty-seven years ago. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as I can, but it is so important. You're fine. 27 years ago, my wife and I, um, she was pregnant with our son. And before she knew she was pregnant, we were told um, that the Lord was going to give us a son. And which caught us off guard completely. And they said, you're going to have to make a decision, but the Lord is going to show you to make the right decision. And when you trust him, that he will glorify his son. So my wife was pregnant, and we found out time later she became pregnant. And we go to the doctor for a checkup, and they couldn't find the heartbeat. So they send us across the street and do another thing they call the probe. And they found the heartbeat. I could see it. But I also noticed something peculiar about the baby. And after that, they gave us the papers and they sent us back to the doctor. And he said, your child has spinal bifida. 
and it's horrific disease. They said if the baby survives full term, um, it may or may not survive, and if it does, paralysis, retardation. And you know, we're young, we're dumb, we don't know much about God or anything like that, and um, I hadn't been saved very long. And I asked the doctor, I said, well, how do we fix this? And he said, the only thing we can do is a DNC. As I said, I didn't have any clue. I said, well, let's do it. And, of course, my wife grabs my hand, and she said, that's an abortion. And it shocked me. And as soon as she said that, the Lord spoke to me. And I didn't know that he speaks like this. He said, remember the word. And I remember saying it right there in front of the doctor, Lord, I don't know how to trust you. And through time, the, the several weeks there, um, I was going to work one morning. The Lord led me to that very scripture. I pull off the side of the road and I get my Bible out. I begin to read it. And through ignorance, not understanding, I said, Lord, the only people you talk about that lay hands on the sick and they get healed is those who talk in tongues. And sitting on the side of the road, I said, I want to talk in tongues. I don't want to, I don't want to lose my child. I don't want him to be born like they say. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and it happened. Absolutely changed my life. I went home, and I told my wife what happened. She wasn't surprised at all. You know how women are. They're much, <laughs> they're much deeper than we are so many of the times. And I pulled the scripture out, and I showed it to her. She said, I've been, I've been waiting. You know, by that time, she's this big. And I laid my hands on her stomach, and I said, Lord, it's your word. And they sent us to Birmingham to that children's hospital, and nothing had changed. They want us to come back in two weeks. We go back in two weeks, and I realized after it was over with, they were trying to convince us to go ahead and do the abortion. But when we went back the second time, um, the doctor puts all the first uh, x-rays up on the wall, ultrasound, whatever, and then they did some more, of course, and then they put those under it, and they were all together. And the doctor stepped back, and I immediately knew there was a change because I saw the difference. And it was totally gone. And the doctor, all he said, is he looked at my wife and I, and he said, I see what was wrong, but here is a normal fetus, and everything appears to be okay. And the doctor walked out of the room. Amen. Our baby doctor didn't believe it. And the day that David was born, he had an incubator in the hallway, and the helicopter on top of the hospital to take him to, to um, the children's hospital in Birmingham or Montgomery, wherever it was. And David is 27 years old. Wow. And all I'm saying is this. Don't ever underestimate what God wants to do with us. Amen. He is pleased with us. Amen. As Christ is in heaven, so are we on the earth. Yes. He is pleased with his son. <clears throat> no longer angry with man because of his son right. and he wants us to be close to him and he won't even ask us to come close he will come close to us right. but the spirit wants to love us and to 
pour himself on us. It is that that breaks the chain, not behavior modification. You're right. Amen. Thank God you. wants to move. And when I came in this morning, I told the lady on the key that the Lord was going to be so excited about what was going to happen today. <laughs> and I said, I just remember thinking, Lord, you get excited. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me sitting right there. He said, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this to get started. That's awesome. So, bless you, brother. Thank you so much. Listen. Oh, my goodness. I've, I, I say all the time that I know God has a sense of humor because I have a sense of humor. He created me, and I think in the same way, we get excited, and God gets excited as well. And what, what you don't know is um, I was supposed to be aborted. My, they told my mom there was zero chance I would go full term. Doctors told her she had had several miscarriages before that, and they said there's no way this baby's going to survive. And, uh, and she heard from the Lord audibly. She, she had, my dad had given her money, and she had money in the hand. She tells me the story all the time. And the phone in the other hand to call the doctor to, to take care of it. And she said the Lord told her audibly to leave him alone. He's my son. obviously went full term <laughs> she said she was jumping up and down on the bed to get me out <laughs> stubborn from birth and listen I want to tell you what I, what I believe happened there was absolutely supernatural and there's something that we in order to to have a faith that goes beyond our understanding, we have to give up understanding sometimes. And so I think that when, when we say we want the Holy Spirit to lead, I don't 100% know what that looks like. I, and I said to Brian this morning, I said, our church is like the weather mobile. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's, it's supposed to rain all day, but it may not rain at all. In the same way, when we come in this place, I mean, I have a pretty good plan of what I want to talk about, but I, I think that God puts people in specific places. I think he has placed you here for a reason is to remind us of how, how awesome God is and how good he is. Because as people, we can forget. And we can get caught up in some of these, some of these things that are not as important as, as knowing him and knowing the power that he carries is. Give me, give, me just, give me just a second. <laughs> I'm trying to process a few things, sorry. Let's, let's do this. Um, Man, my f- I don't want to freak anybody out, but I don't. I don't want to. T- I don't take this lightly. Uh, it's not a smooth transition by any means, but we're going to do it anyway. I, I feel like the Lord has somebody here. Um, and He's not giving me a clear anything clear of what it is, but it's a it's an identity problem. And I just want to, I mean, I just want to take time to pray for him. This isn't, I'm not trying to be super spiritual or anything. It's just Holy Spirit. So um, if anybody specifically specifically is struggling with kind of, not identity like, but as far as being a son or a daughter and, and knowing who they are and, and confidence and 
Um, I just want to take the time to pray for you. Um, and if if you don't want to come up here, I can come to you. <laughs> uh, but just let me know. Raise your hand or or something. And if not, that's okay. <laughs> I just feel like somebody's really struggling with something pretty deep. And I just want to take the time to, to, to not rush this service to, to get past it. Listen, the Lord, the Lord brings joy sometimes in the most unconventional ways, I think. <laughs> but he brings joy. I mean, absolute joy. Listen, you guys stand up with me. I'm just going to pray for you guys. We're going to be here for a while. I mean, I'll probably hang out a little bit. I want to dismiss you guys if you need to go. Um, Father, I pray that, that um, well, first, Lord, I just thank you that, that if anything that I said made absolutely no sense, <laughs> if anything that I said um, causes any confusion, Lord, that you would just straighten it out, because I, that's not my intentions at all. And Father, I pray that your, your Holy Spirit would lead in our, in our discerning and in our understanding, but Father, even in our not understanding. Lord, I am, I am willing to let you lead regardless of what that looks like because it's all about you. And so Jesus, I just thank you that, that you have adopted us into your family and you've, you've given us this ministry of reconciliation that we can, <laughs> we can hear from you even today. Lord, that you're not a historical God, but you're a living God. And that you're still speaking, you're still moving. You're still changing lives and you're still making things new. <laughs> Lord, you make all things new. <laughs> and so, Father, we pray, uh, I pray that you, uh, you keep revealing that to us as we leave this place, Father. That we don't leave you here. <laughs> Lord, you go with us. And Lord, make us increasingly aware of that fact so that when we're outside these doors, we are expressing your light to people in any way that you lead us to do it. And so, Father, your truth and your love and your life, your abundant life go with us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen.